Welcome into Honorado and Bagnardi. Chris Honorado, Sean Bagnardi right here on the 104.5 The Team ESPN Radio Facebook page. This may be, as much as I love the games, we may now just be into the NBA's best season. The offseason. Come on. NFL's king, but yeah. the NBA has turned itself into a 12-month league. It's theater. The it offseason is. is theater. It's the drama of the personalities on, but especially off the court. It's yeah. their social media use. It is the you know abundant player movement options this offseason with free agency and trades. We've already seen a couple of them. We'll get to one that just broke about 10 or 15 minutes ago. Uh, it is all of that. And with the draft coming tomorrow night, I'm telling you... I, this may be more fun than, than the season itself. More fun, I don't know, but I will say it's more dramatic. It seems like there's more in question, certainly, yeah, no because doubt. we generally have an idea during the regular season of who's going to finish with the best record. Yeah, but we don't anymore, right? Well, and that, and that, but that's part of what makes this offseason more interesting as well, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, it's it's going to be it's going to be one of the more interesting off seasons in a long time as well. I think that adds to it. Quickly before we get to a trade that just broke between the Grizzlies and the Jazz, are you as excited for this summer as a Nets fan as you've been since when? When can you remember an off season where you were filled with as much optimism or maybe promise as you are today? Well, look, when the Pierce-Garnett trade yeah. went down, and I that was draft night. immediately thought, okay, we're, we got a legit shot to win a title. We've mortgaged the future here, so we better take advantage in the present. It didn't work out that way, but at the time, you think, okay, we're at the very least in the mix here. And uh, you ran into LeBron in the heat, so it didn't work out. But I would say as excited as then. The problem is, and I was talking to a buddy of ours over at the station the other day about this, a guy named Casey, a big 76ers yeah. fan. It's like the teams that do it the right way or try to do it the right way, like the Nets have recently, the Sixers have, trying to build it up and build it up. Don't you just feel like after a trade like the Davis trade that it's like, man, no matter how much time we invest trying to kind of go from the ground up, that there are just other teams who can just swing in and in a split second kind of get to where you want to be without having to do a lot of the legwork. Yes, if you believe that what L.A. is doing is really in the best interest of winning. I mean, they're talking about mortgaging the future. I know Davis is young. He's still only 26. Um, but you've got LeBron, who's older, obviously. ton of miles on him because of all the postseason success he's had. How many miles in this postseason? Well, none. Right. And he was good last year when he was healthy, but he missed more games because of injury than ever before in his career last year. Yeah. So is this the sign of aging? I don't know. But who are they going to surround Davis and LeBron with in L.A.? So, look, the Nets could try to take that approach. They've got a ton of young talent, too. And they're saying goodbye to Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, it appears. Um, they've got young talent that they can use in a trade to get other pieces, but... What are they lacking that L.A. has? What are they lacking that Golden State has? What are they lacking that Houston has? What are they lacking that all these other playoff teams have who are legitimate championship contenders? And that's an alpha. It's a, it's a one. It is a, it is yeah. a star mm -hmm. that is going to make playing there more attractive. 
it's just interesting when you look at these teams like the Knicks and the Nets who can free up all this cap space to have these big plans of we're going to sign these two max guys. And it's like you wonder, <laughs> maybe you wind up with nothing because these max guys decide they want to go somewhere else. You're drawing already? Nothing. Zero. Yeah, you get zero. Which, is, which honestly is, is an unfortunate and yet realistic possibility for, I don't think, the Nets, but I do think for the Knicks. I mean, it's a risk you take. At that point, you know, what are they left with? I mean, that's that's what you kind of have to do. You have to go for it. I don't I, see. I I disagree. I completely disagree. If you if you're the Knicks and you can't get Durant or Kawhi mm-hmm. and you haven't gotten Anthony Davis, obviously, yeah. Wh- wh- who are you spending on, and why are you spending it on them? Are are those other players in free agency? going to get you a title two, three years down the road. Well, no, but that's not what I mean by going for. I'm Going for, to me, is you free up the space and do whatever I you see. can to put yourself to in position. To that if it's spot. not there, Fine. I'm not saying go out and just get anybody. Yep. Don't, you don't have to spend the money just to spend it. But you have to, you have to put yourself in a position to land these big-name guys because these are the guys who ultimately will decide championships. Sean doesn't have any gray hair yet, which is a miracle given the way the Mets play late-inning baseball. We'll get to some of that later on in the show here. Uh, we are brought to you by Leah Infinity, Leah Cars for Life, Route 9 in Latham, uh, one mile north of the Latham Circle. The general manager there is Steve Coons. Go say hello to him. It's luxury for less, and it is exactly what you would think it means. You can buy or drive a luxury vehicle for less than you would some of the other luxury brands. So summertime, when we all want to be on the road, drive something you absolutely love to be behind the wheel of, make it a Leah Infinity. Leah, the exclusive dealer of Infinity here in the Capital Region. All right, uh, here's Mike. Coaching is a discussion needing to be had regarding the Lakers-Knicks ability to exceed. We're on Facebook, by all means. Comment uh, below the video there. We'll get to some of those comments and questions. So you agree with Mike there? We'll do this again before we talk about the trade that just happened in the NBA. Is coaching as much of a concern when it comes to the Lakers and the Knicks as the actual personnel on the floor? Mm, no. Not as much of a concern. Uh, You're a big believer that the players, no, almost no matter who the coach, can go out and win NBA games, aren't you? No. Not necessarily. I mean, we've seen it with LeBron. Well, that's, that's kind of where I was going to go. Who's coaching the Lakers? LeBron James. Yes. Okay. okay. Te- technically, maybe. <laughs> All right. So, is it? I I think it is important, and I do think you need a good coach to win. Mm-hmm. We have seen really good coaches in, in the history of the game. You know, talent is there. They don't win. Good coaching comes in. They do win. I think it is important. Is it as important as having LeBron James and Anthony Davis? Of course not, because you have good coaches on teams that just don't quite have yep. that level of talent, and you just can't get over the hump. So no, the, the players are more important, because you need that talent absolutely to win. But the coaching is certainly a huge role. It is a discussion that needs to be had. I think Mike is right, but as important no. I like Fizdale with New York. I actually like him a lot. I thought, I've always thought he got a raw deal in Memphis. Um, I really like him as a coach. Would you? Is there any coach who could have won last year in New York with the roster the Knicks had? No, no, not not no. been a successful not John Wooden, playoff not team. Phil Jackson, not no, <laughs> no, no, right. That's correct. So I, I like Fizdale 
give him some guys. Let's let's see what he can actually do with it. Okay. All right, the trade that happened before we came on at 12.15 here, as we do every Wednesday, Mike Conley from the Grizzlies. He's got a max contract. He goes to Utah for Kyle Korver, Jay Crowder, Grayson Allen, and two first-round picks, one of which being Thursday night's number 23 overall pick. You know me. I was really, really high on Utah coming into this season because of what they showed in the previous postseason. Donovan Mitchell was Rookie of the Year. Figured he'll take a step forward. Mm -hmm. Even Rubio seemed to find, like, a little bit of a next level with Utah. I like Joe Ingles a lot. Yeah. They've got some good Rudy Gobert's a Defensive Player of the Year type of guy. I really liked Utah. And then they just never really showed it in the regular season. They were good enough to make the playoffs, yeah, obviously, they were, but they never really showed like they were going to turn a corner once they got into the Western Conference playoffs. Does Conley do anything for you to say, okay, this elevates Utah in the West? I think it elevates them. Does it elevate them to winning a championship? No. I mean, we do have to see how the rest of the league shakes out yeah. now, certainly with Golden State's question marks. Um, we'll see how the Lakers round out that team. Um, but I don't know if this is a move Utah makes if not for the Golden State injuries. You think teams now see it as the door is open? Yeah, I think teams are going to be aggressive. I think teams are going to say, look, we've got as good a shot as any other team in the conference to at least get to the finals, right? Like, let's see yeah. if Toronto comes back with Kawhi and whatever they are in Milwaukee. But I think teams out west see Golden State as being somewhat vulnerable now. Yeah. Let's take our shot in the next two years. Yeah, because how, how much have we talked about teams, you know, like the Nets or teams sort of in that, at that level where they're in a rebuild mode or they're even above where the Nets are, but, you know, you don't, you don't want to necessarily be good now. You want yep. to be good later. But yep. now maybe you do want to be good right now. Take your shot. It's interesting. Conley, to me, is is a great player. He's been an underrated player, mm-hmm. I think, throughout his career, despite getting paid a lot. He's making a lot. Yeah, a lot of money. Um, I mean, just underrated, you know, nationally from yeah. the fan perspective. Right. Um, but to me, he's he adds he adds a leadership. He adds a good defensive presence on a team that's already going to be very good defensively. Yep. Um, he, he, he is a leader. Is he that kind of alpha guy like you're talking about that teams tend to need to win? I don't no, know. Can they, Mitchell be that yes, guy? Yes, okay. he can be. If you think he can be that guy, then... I mean, look, he's not going to be Durant or Kawhi right. next year or the year after that. But, but Mitchell is the primary guy there. And as you know, Memphis deconstructs and you no longer have the pick and roll of Conley and Gasol, yeah. you go a little pick and roll with Conley and Gobert. Sure. Yeah, look, I think they were always a team, well, you never believed they were going to win the championship last year. They were always a team that, you know, you had them circle on your calendars. This is going to be a tough tough game. This yep. is going to be whether we're at home, on the road, whatever. And even despite the season they had, I don't think anybody really wanted to be matched up with them. You know, they're that kind of team, which is kind of, that's to me like what Memphis used, used to, to be. be. You know yep. what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think Conley really fits what they're doing there. I think he makes them better. Hard for me to see that as a championship team, even despite seeing how the rest of the league has played out. You know, we'll, we'll see. Like to me, they could be like a maybe a four or five in the West. Sure. Yeah. No, I agree. I think they're probably about there. Yeah. We can debate who the best team is out West. 
um, whether or not it is still Golden State. Uh, we, we've run a Twitter poll every week. We're with you once a week here on the 104.5 The Team ESPN Radio Facebook page. We've got a new Twitter poll up. We'll get to last week's results later on in the show about me digging into my parents' refrigerator and how old is too old to do something like that. But the Twitter poll we've got running this week and for today, we'll update it uh, throughout the show, is with Kevin Durant's injury, what is his best free agent option? You've got four choices there. Pick one. It's either to sign the player option deal he has with Golden State, which would be one year in the range of about $31 million, the Supermax deal with Golden State and basically be a red shirt for a season, or go to New York, and that's either the Knicks or the Nets. You can vote there. We're at Honorado Bagnardi on Twitter, uh, and we'll update the poll, and we'll get to last week's results as well. So follow us there on Twitter, uh, and obviously check out the podcast as well uh, on iTunes, Honorado, and Bagnardi. Could you imagine having the option to sign a piece of paper, return to your job for a year, yeah. and do nothing, yeah. and get paid money? I can. Everybody says to me, the Powerball is $550 million. Can you imagine? Yes. Yes. You can imagine. I can imagine having all that money. Can yeah. I imagine sitting out and doing nothing for a year and getting third? Yes. You can imagine that. Of course. Who can't imagine that? It's all, we, it's all a lot of people do is like you dream about what you might do if you ever hit the jackpot in the lottery. I never played the lottery. I'll never hit it. But my point is, yes, we all dream about having this endless amount of income. Of if, course. If you were Durant and you were fine financially yeah he is would you think of doing something with that money other than just banking it oh you're suggesting donating the 31 million dollars if that i mean i don't think he's gonna i don't think he's gonna do this no he's not gonna do yeah, it he's not but let's say he did yeah would you would you then look to do something else with that money since you're not earning it by playing i mean you earned it by signing the contract it's his money i'm not suggesting yeah. he even should do that i'm just asking if you would. you could look you could donate half of it and be just fine yeah, well, that's what I mean. Chris Long, who with his last season with the Eagles, mm, yeah. donated his entire uh, salary for that season. I, off the top of my head, I don't remember how much it was, but it was a couple million or more. Um, he donated all that money yeah. at the end of his career. It was his last paycheck, and he said goodbye to it. I, you know, I, look, I greatly respect somebody who does that. They're a little crazy, but I greatly respect it. So you would not? Not all 31, no. <laughs> okay, no. fair enough. How, how, look, how set is Kevin Durant? He's set, I get it. Yeah, he's fine. They live a different lifestyle, professional athletes, than you and I. They do, yeah. Multiple houses, eight to ten cars, you know, things we don't spend our money on because we don't have that kind of money. No, we so don't. So in order to live that lifestyle and keep it up, I don't think you can give away all $31 million. We're more of a luxury for less. We are. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> we are definitely that. Uh, what is Durant's best option? Let's answer the Twitter poll yeah. question. On Twitter, at Honorado Bagnardi, what is Durant's best option given his injury? Okay, for, for him, we mean. Correct. Well, I think he's going to get a max deal to go play for the Knicks or the Nets. So he's not staying in Golden State? No, yep. he's, he's going to New York. Okay. I have this on good intelligence. No, you don't. I do. Okay. Yeah. Go to New York. Yeah. You don't know Knicks or Nets, but he will be in one of the boroughs. Correct. Wow. All right. Well, then narrow it down for me. What is the better option? Well, so he's not going to play next year. Right. Uh, the Nets have much more talent in place. Yep. More of a a ready-to-win kind of team if you had him and potentially another Max guy. Tyree. 
the Knicks have the garden. They have, they have the mecca of basketball. They have a bigger legacy for him if he wins there as opposed to Brooklyn. No, no question about it. Yep. Um, it's hard for me to answer this as a diehard Nets fan. I'm sure. extremely biased. I'd love to see him play there, even despite the injury. I you think he's going to be okay. Yes. You want him. How, how do you not want Kevin Durant? He's going to sit out for a year. Yeah, okay. And then he's going to come. I'm okay with, you know, ne- <laughs> And then he's going to come back from an Achilles injury. Correct. At 32 years old. Right. This is Kevin Durant. This is modern medicine. He will, he will recover. He will come back. He will be very good, and if he's 85% of what he used to be, that's a pretty darn good player. Who wouldn't want 85% of Kevin Durant a year from now? You gotta pay him. You can't, you're not gonna get him for anything less than the max, right? No, definitely okay, not. So you gotta pay him. And it, it, thankfully, like if you're the Nets and you can go out, if, if, you, if you're the Nets and you can get Durant and another max guy, let's say it's Kyrie. Yep. Kyrie on. The Nets team that made the playoffs last year is still, again, a playoff team. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're going to have a bad year in Brooklyn. There won't be, you know, there, it's not like there wouldn't be any excitement there. I think you do that, you, you have a good season, probably get knocked out in the first or second round again, and then Kevin Durant joins the mix. Who I wouldn't want that? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm almost a little more surprised you're taking Golden State off the board here. I think he goes back to Golden and I think it's the Supermax deal. I think the Warriors... Say we want to keep you. Here's everything. This is everything we can afford to pay you by league rules. It is yours, and then you've got to find a way to keep Clay. New York. He's going to New York. Okay. Yeah. Part of me want. Look, part of me wants him to. It changes the league a little bit. You know, I'm. A, you know, I'm, I'm not a Warriors fan, but you know, I root for them because oh, yeah. I enjoy watching them. Uh, and that said. You know, Katie leaves and goes to New York. Cool. But if I had my choice, I'd rather see him go to the Nets. What's Because I'm just, I'm, I'm starting to get overtired with all the Knicks stuff. Well, the Knicks don't deserve it. Well, whether they deserve it or They're not. They're the most poorly run organization. Yeah, there's no doubt. And I just don't believe that Durant going to the Knicks now all of a sudden makes him a winner. I just don't believe it. It's a, I mean, it, look, if they get a, two max guys there, yeah. who knows? Because now it's already a destination in New York. You get two max guys, even if Durant have to wait a year on, and you're going to fill out that roster. Draft is tomorrow night. Uh, as we get set for that, I want to tell you about one of our other sponsors, Marcella's Appliance Center in Schenectady, the beautiful Samsung TV you see here. Thanks to Marcella's. And because of Johnny is such a great guy and they run such a great business, Family business there in Schenectady forever. Every appliance in my house is from Marcella's Appliance. Two locations, Schenectady, Clifton Park. Check them out for any of your major appliance needs, whether it's a fridge, whether it's a washer-dryer, whether it is a television. Go to Marcella's and tell Johnny that you heard about here on Honorado and Bagnardi on the 104.5 The Team ESP and Radio Facebook page. All right, the draft is tomorrow night. Yeah. One, two, three, feel like locks. Okay. Zion Williamson to New Orleans. Yep. John Morant to Memphis. Yeah. And then I think this is the only the only spot, and we'll leave it up to the Knicks, to potentially throw us a curveball. But I think it's RJ Barrett from Duke. I agree. Now, if it isn't, it's somebody like Darius Garland from Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. who didn't really play last year, but talent through the roof. Yeah. 
Read this morning on Sports Illustrated SI.com that Jeremy Wu, who breaks down the NBA draft prospects for SI, has Jarrett Culver as the number three rated prospect. Okay. The 6'6 swingman from Texas Tech who helped the Red Raiders get all the way to the national championship game last year. Right. It all feels like smoke and mirrors. That if the Knicks pass on Barrett here, it will be another footnote in the demise of this franchise. Well, it depends. Doesn't Barrett feel like... It all depends how it pans out. Of course, but doesn't Barrett feel like more of a sure thing? He does. You get get killed, Shawnee. You get killed when it comes to draft stuff if if you reach and miss. Sure. Then if you take this here and miss. Agreed. Okay. But that, but that shouldn't be how you draft. That should not be the mindset of the person making the selection. Otherwise, that's dangerous. You, like you need to. You're, you, are you more of a? You're more of a. Let me take the guy with the highest ceiling as opposed to the lowest floor. No, it all depends. All I'm saying is, you have whoever's making the decision, whatever group of people are making the decision, they have to make that based on. Everything, not based on, well, if we miss, how does this look? What does that do mm-hmm. to the image of the friend? No, you have to make the selection based on how you evaluate the talent, how you think they'll fit with what you have, what you want to have, how you're going to build the team. That's how you need to draft. And if it's not Barrett and you can justify it, then it's not Barrett. To me, to me, it is. If I'm making the selection, it's him. Yep. But if it's not him, to me, like first you have to wait and see how it plays out, see what they put around him, how they build the franchise from there. But I just don't like the idea, especially in New York. You know, we went through this with the Giants a little bit, and they get just ripped right. for their selection. Right. You can't draft based on what it might look like if it doesn't work out. Don't draft scared. Don't draft scared. Okay. But I would take him, and you would too. I would take him too. New intern. We yeah. went from intern Rob sure. to intern Ryan. Yes. Ryan's a big hoops guy too. Ryan, Knicks fan, yes? Pacers. No, Pacers, right. Big old depot guy and just kind of likes the way they play. Uh, you go Barrett at three? I would have to. He says yes. He's in. Yeah. Okay. I, look, I think it's the safer pick. I know that makes you, you lame and it's dangerous to be safe. Uh, but I think it's the safer pick. And with the Knicks, you need as much help as possible. right? Kevin Knox was a high-ceiling selection last year. Yeah. R.J. Barrett's got a high floor. Put them together, see what happens. I just don't want to say The Knicks fans in particular are famous for this. Where like, it's a selection of somebody who they didn't want. Yeah. And it's an uproar. And I get it in that the, the fan base has been... You know they've been through this. They understand yeah. when things don't work out. But just always keep in mind the reaction you had when Porzingis was drafted. Okay, like you never know. I mean, they lost their minds. This is terrible. Who is this guy? What yep. is this? Yep. Will Jackson's an idiot. Sometimes, occasionally, the people who do this for a living know more about it than you do. And sometimes you get Frank Nealakina. <laughs> yeah, that that happens too. Who hasn't proven to be exactly what what he should be at this point yet? No. Show signs. Occasionally. Yeah. No, he's not. Okay. All right, let's do a little 0, 050 or 100 here, Bags. Sweet. Segment we do every week on this show. Um, we've got three topics. We always do three, and then we decide. We all in. Completely against. Halfway there. Shawnee's been on the fence a lot lately. 
I went 75 yeah, once. which is, you know, still on the <laughs> fence, by the way. It's just a little more over onto one side. All right, so 0, 0.50 or 100 here on Honorado and Bagnardi. And the first one yeah. is Major League Baseball. Good. Putting sports betting services at Wrigley Field, at any stadium for that matter, is the most hypocritical thing in sports. Right at the, if you walk into any major league clubhouse, the number one thing is no gambling. Right. It's why Pete Rose isn't in the Hall of Fame. That's it's because true. Because he bet on baseball. Good point. And now Major League Baseball is saying, let's put sports betting into our stadiums. Boy, you're really making this case here. It's a zero. It is not the most hypocritical thing in sports. The NFL moving a team to Las Vegas is the most hypocritical thing in sports when the commissioner continually comes out and says, no, we don't believe gambling really helps drive our sport. We don't encourage sports betting. We don't think that it's really part of our fan culture, the NFL. But we love the city of Las Vegas. There's so much to do there outside of the casinos. Yeah. Let's put a team there. Yeah. Because you know what? Even if the casinos go away, Las Vegas is still a great market for our sport. So that is the most hypocritical thing in sports. I'll go the other way. I'll say the baseball is a little bit more hypocritical. I think you kind of nailed it with, <coughs> with the Pete Rose thing. You know, the, baseball, despite what the commissioner has said in football, it feels like baseball has more traditionally taken the harder line sure. stance against gambling. Okay. So that's why I would I would lean with baseball being a little bit more hypocritical. Rob Manfred's a little bit of a different commissioner, he is. though. He is. You're right. A little more forward-thinking. But don't you think that a lot of that's just the commissioner kind of blowing smoke? Of course. Whereas But if you're you're going to put on this public brave face as Roger Goodell, you can't move a team there. It's hypocritical. Okay. (laughs) You're not wrong. Come on. Come on. All right. uh, 0.50 or 100. We're going to stay baseball here. Cool. Uh, The Mets bullpen will cost their manager, Mickey Calloway, his job. Okay. I'm going first on this one. Go ahead, man. I'm split, but you know I don't like to go halfway on okay. stuff. This is a 100. Yeah. You drew it a little kind of, funny. Well, I hit the I hit the edge. You can't fit a 100 onto one of these? You know, I overcompensated with the, with the first, second, the first but zero. But there's a lot of space between the, the yeah, one and the what first there. zero. All right. Anyway, this is a 100 because... But losing is going to cost him his job. And the reason why, the biggest reason why the Mets are losing these days, shockingly enough, is pitching. But that pitching, is it's the bullpen. Yep. This is the worst bullpen I've ever seen the Mets have in my entire lifetime of watching. They're far and away the worst bullpen in the National League. Yep. I mean, they, they, blow, they blow saves, but it's not even that. I mean, they blow games that you're in you know it's like you can have a five run lead and you're watching the game you don't feel comfortable you could be down one run in the sixth inning and feel like "Mm, i don't have a chance we better score four or five it's a nightmare watching this team night in night out because for the first time now it feels like wow we're scoring runs we're scoring runs and we can't win bullpen stinks callaway is to me partly to blame for it outside of you the bullpen. You want to see him get fired? Yeah. You, you think he's got to go? He's in gotta order go. for this to get 
turned around on any level, you think he's got to go. I don't like what he's. I don't like what he says. Yeah, I don't either. I'm, okay, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. This is a zero though. This is a zero, bags, because Callaway's going to lose his job because the general manager's done a bad job. But you can't fire Brody Van Wagen, and this is his first year. Look at the roster he's <clears throat> assembled. Okay, the new guys he has brought in have not performed. Edwin, okay, but Edwin Diaz is near the top of the list, but so is Jury's Familia, so is Robinson Cano. Okay, these are the these are the <clears throat> additions Brody Van Wagen and made, and they are not working. That is why they're losing games. That is why the manager, who's more convenient and easier to fire, is going to lose his job because the general manager didn't do his job in the offseason. Okay, but you can't tell me that going out and getting a guy like Diaz who is this lights-out closer, no, is, is, is a bad move by the GM. No, he's just Diaz not perform- has not performed. That's fine. But... That's not Callaway's fault either. Right. Okay, but... What's Cano doing for you? And the only way you got Diaz is to take on the bad contract of Robinson Cano. A smarter GM may have thought, we get Kimbrell. Right? Let's wait this thing out. We can get Kimbrell. I don't know. I can't knock him for that trade because if Diaz was what Diaz was supposed to be and should be, well, then, then it's a good move. Well, then kill him for and, Familia. Well, I, yeah, I will. I couldn't stand Familia when he was with the Mets the first time around. He made every, even even when he was good and getting saves, everything had to be interesting. Yeah. We got to yeah. get a few guys on base. We got to walk a couple guys. I mean, and now he is the worst, he's the worst pitcher in baseball. And they they have stuck with him they well now they threw him on the yeah, injured, but, right. but they but they head stuck with him for way too long. And I get it if you're if you're the manager, like you got to bring in the guys who are out in the bullpen. Yes, but at some point you got to stop bringing familiar. No, I'm with you, right? And if he's getting told from above, we're paying him a lot of money, so you better find a way to get him in. Then that's on general manager. Like that's then I have no problem with that. That's the stuff I want Callaway saying in post game press conference. Yeah, but then you're out like that. Fine. Fine. Well, what does it matter? They've got to pay you for the contract anyway. Yeah. You, I mean, you want to be told what to do from above and then fail publicly. But, so, do you think that's happening? Do you think somebody told him we're paying Familia a lot of money? You keep putting him in these games, even though night after night he stinks. He stinks. <laughs> Not to that degree. Then why is he bringing him in night but after night? But I think night? there's a directive that this is our eighth inning guy. We're paying him like a setup man. He's got to be able to do. He's got to be out there to do the job. Okay, well, and, and that's and to me, that's part of a bigger picture problem, just with baseball. In that's general. across baseball. The general managers are pulling. Well, straights. it's the eighth inning. Yeah. We better bring in our yeah, eighth inning guy. Why the guy who just pitched a seventh? Uh, yeah, but for the same reason, you have a ninth inning guy. It is now just trickling down. Like we created this closer monster, where no matter the situation, yeah. this is the guy in the ninth inning. So guess what? I don't what? like that no either. No matter but the situation, it's the eighth inning. This is the guy. How far are we going to go with it? Well, I mean, we've got opening games now. No, I know. I, I don't know that there's an end in sight, but there better be because I'm starting to lose my mind with these starting pitchers who can't go more than four or five innings. Yeah, and what's the point if you're going to? I mean, Degrom last night. I mean, they were just destroying anyway. I yeah. mean, they had you know ten runs, but it's like, geez, you better just leave him in. And he didn't want to come out. No, I know. But it's like, well, better just see if he can just go nine because you know the bullpen stinks, and you might as well give him a rest because they stink. I don't know, but 
to me, Degrom should have been out the after the eighth. Me too. Play. But that, uh, actually, that's I, he gave it back to back homers, and I, I would have done the same thing because he was at 100 pitches. He ended up throwing 113. I would have pulled him after eight. It's he let off. It's ten. He let nothing. off the ninth inning. He batted in right. the ninth. What are you doing? Get yeah, him out of there. I'm but, with you. But he did have a double last night. Didn't there's he? So, and I've now I've now nicknamed Diaz Ed Luz Diaz because you can't call him Edwin Diaz. That's actually not bad. Yeah, Ed Luz Diaz, who we bring in to just. And now he doesn't even get a chance to ruin the game because Familia's already ruined it. It's like, how, how, how long is this going to go on before they say, like yesterday they finally brought up a couple guys from AAA. Yep. Like, yeah, why don't we give somebody else a shot? But can we, can we make a move, please, do something? And again, that's not on Callaway. But at some point, there's like, they're slumping, right? It's a long season. We see it batting, certainly pitching, where guys just have stretches where they don't look like themselves. Familiar, like, that was well beyond a yeah. slump yeah. before they decided to do something. You just li- threw them out there night after night to get killed. Mets fans, uh. brutal stretch here. I'm going to stop. Uh, I'm going to call the fight before Sean completely loses his mind if he hasn't already. But a brutal stretch here to get to July 7th, I believe, is the date at the end of all of this. One more in Atlanta tonight. Yeah. Four in Chicago against the Cubs. Four in Philadelphia against the Phillies. Home, three against the first place Braves two against the first place Yankees, and then three more against the Phillies. By July 7th, we'll know two things. Is Mickey Callaway going to manage the rest of the season if he isn't already gone? Might be gone, yeah. And are the Mets buyers or sellers? By July 7th, we're going to have all that information. It'll be before the All-Star break. We will know the Mets are in this thing or at least hovering around it enough to stay in it, or they're done, manager's gone, they're selling pieces. We'll see. July 7th. After all of this, it's... Here's the problem we'll for the Mets. the Mets. They are, they are, in it right now. Yeah, okay. seven and a half out. Seven and a half today. out of division. It's like five and a half, six, whatever for the wild five. I You're think not for the wild. Card. Are you really already looking at a wild no, card what, standing? No, I'm not. But what I'm saying is, you, before you totally give up, you have to look at that. Of course, because you know you could be ten out in the division and five out in the wild card and think. All yeah, right. but I think this is the mistake teams make. Teams make it. They look at the standings and they say, "Hey, we're only whatever out, seven or eight games yeah. out." Well, you have to do it. You have to look at the trend of your team. Yeah. Are we scoring more runs than we're giving up? No. They have a negative run differential, which for me, you're not making the playoffs if you're in the red in that category. And two, look at the home road splits. Are we just like vastly different, or are we somewhat, you know, competitive no matter where we play? Yeah. Well, and the problem is too to make up a seven-game deficit, you've got to be so much better yes. than you've been. Right. And then, then you, later in the year too, like then you need some help. And but separate from all that, you look at this stretch. Of course, it's make or break. They're they're sort of in it now. If they go like five hundred. They'll probably sort of be in it at the All-Star break. Yep. And you look at that stretch, how they go in 500. Right. No, it won't happen. Yankees are hot, too. They're in first place. Oh, by the way, haven't mentioned them here yet, but two-and-a-half game lead as we sit here on a Wednesday with an afternoon game over Tampa Bay. So they're pushing the Rays farther away, and they are putting more pressure on Boston to try to climb back into this thing yeah. in the AL East. And, oh, Oh, Putting better way, talent back on the oh, field, Oh, by the way, too. the Yankees are getting healthier. Yeah, so trouble. They are. They, they could be take off here. We'll see. We'll see how quickly that happens as they integrate some of the bigger bats back into the lineup. Healthy. Are they the best team in the American League? It's either New York or Houston. I, don't, I, don't, I didn't ask you for an either. I asked you a question. 
I think it's Houston. Okay. I think healthy Houston, healthy New York. I think I'd take Houston. I like Houston's pitching better. They would they would win in a playoff series. Yes, I think so. Okay. Yep. Minnesota's really good. They don't have the pitching, and they're too much like the Yankees for me, where a lot of boom or bust in that lineup. That's okay. All, all right. Let's do the last zero fifty or a hundred here. Great. How about some golf? How about some golf? How about some Gary Woodland? Yeah. Winning the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. Yep. Thirteen under. Three shots clear of Brooks Kepka, who, I mean, just pencil him in for the back nine of every Sunday of any major tournament here in the next ten years. Can we he's do great. that? He's great. He, he, he is. And he really kind of came out of nowhere for a lot of people. But Gary Woodwin, at 35 years old, gets his first major championship. I'm happy for him. I've heard from other people that he's as good of a guy as you would kind of expect him to be. Um, and so I'm happy that he got that. Okay. Here's the 0, 50 or 100. Though. Please. Golf has a serious problem. There is nobody currently on tour ready to take the torch from Tiger Woods. So in other words, there is no clear-cut second guy who consistently is going to be a dominant player on tour. And that's a problem. This, well, this is a 100. Is it a problem? Because there isn't. Okay, but is it a problem? I'm going 100 because, yes, there isn't, but... Two, yes, I believe it, it is a little bit of a problem. Look, I love seeing different guys win, and I like the idea of parity, but through all of that, no matter the sport, you need a dominant figure or a dominant franchise. For as much as we say we hate dynasties, yeah. look at the ratings. We don't. We love dynasties because we're going to watch because either we become a fan of that or we want to see that dynasty fall. We want to see them lose. It was the same with Tiger. People were, you know, they, they loved him. And I don't, re- you know, I don't remember Jack, but I remember Tiger at his best. And people loved that. But they also loved to root against him. And we don't have that currently beneath Tiger in golf. And actually, more than that, people are rooting for Tiger. They're not. You're right about dynasties, by the way, because... Uh our ratings locally in the TV market came yeah. out yesterday. Yeah. Well, we got to see them yesterday. Right. And in our market, Wheel of Fortune Jeopardy usually pretty close. So Wheel in May got like a 9.4. Jeopardy got almost a 14. Yes. It was the Why? whole the hour effect. Exactly. It was the dynasty. Yep. So you're right. People, people you know, there were, there were some who complained this, it's boring now because this guy wins every show, but it doesn't matter. People watch. Of course. You're absolutely right. Yes. And it's the same thing with any individual sport in particular. So this is 100. It's a problem because, you know, golf, Tiger, we, we got so spoiled yeah. by Tiger. Yeah. The fact that there's not another Tiger, like that's not fair to golf because there may never be. I mean, what we saw with Tiger was, was so incredible. The, the way he won, the, the, how consistently he won, mm-hmm. to, 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 to say, well, that's not there now is almost unfair. He's because gotta, it could never, it might never be again. Right. I mean, look, Tiger's got a chance to, I don't think he'll catch Jack in terms of major championships. He's at 15, Jack won 18. But he's, I mean, very likely going to pass Sam Snead for the most PGA Tour wins ever. Um, yeah, you're, you're, we're not going to see that again. At least you and I won't. Um, but, but will we see, when Tiger is truly done, will we see somebody? It, is, it hasn't been McElroy, it hasn't been Spieth, it hasn't no. been Dustin Johnson. Kepka's, you know, not, not, he's not close, but he's making that ascent. Um, 
is there going to be a guy? And I, I don't see that guy right now on tour. And that, that has me a little concerned because people go to their televisions. People talk about golf. One, if something crazy happens. But two, if there's a dynamic figure that draws them to the sport. Do you think Tiger is or could be part of the problem? In other words, do you think more and more people pursued golf because of watching Tiger in his prime, and now you have so many more talented people on tour than you ever had to where one can't be so dominant above the rest, where you're going to have just this guy wins, this guy wins, this guy wins, because the talent level is so much closer and you don't have that clear-cut favorite. Interesting. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. We're going to love Dottie Pepper on the show uh, next month after the Open Championship. Uh, she'll be a perfect person to answer that question. Yeah, it should be great. Is Tiger is Tiger the problem? Mm. Is Tiger the reason we don't have the next dominant player? Is it in the Tiger's sport? fault there isn't another Tiger? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Maybe it is his fault. Uh, all right, that's zero fifty or hundred here on Honorado and Bagnardi. We're brought to you by Leah Infinity and Marcella's Appliance Center. Uh, quick update on the on the poll, the Twitter poll from last week, bags, and then I'll ask you what you've got so far on our Twitter poll we're running today. So last week... My, my whiteboard popped off. Here. Why don't you just put it away? You don't need it for the rest of the show. All right. All right? Go ahead. There you go. Okay, good. <laughs> all right, so last week's Twitter poll was inspired by a trip to my parents' house while they were on vacation. Just check on it, and I, of course, just rummaged through the pantry and the fridge. Sure. So I thought, am I a little too old to be doing this? Quickly in my mind, I said no, and I grabbed a couple of Diet Green Teas and, and hit the road. For the road. For the road. Yeah. Right, I wasn't hanging out. There's nobody right. there. Right. So I grabbed a couple of drinks and hit the road. Um, how old is too old? So we put it up on Twitter, at Honorado Bagnardi is our Twitter handle, and here are the results. Your options were your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, or never. Ryan's our intern. How old are you, Ryan? I'm 20. He's 20. So I'm definitely still going through his parents' fridge. He should. Absolutely. No doubt. Okay. No doubt. Would you put a cap on this? How old's too old? Project out into your lifetime a little bit. I'd say never. Never. because I'm never going to move out of my house. Okay. <laughs> Ryan's going to live off forever. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. And you know what? It's probably a smart kid. <laughs> it is, yeah. The right. real world is tough. All right. Never was the overwhelming majority of votes. Of course. 92%. Yeah. 2% for in your 40s. 5% for in your 30s, 1% for in your 20s. Now, we have a Twitter poll at the TV station that airs in the 4 yeah, right. o'clock news. And one of the ways the producer kind of measures whether or not it was a good question is by how close it is. He would consider this a bad Twitter poll. <laughs> this is a stupid question because it's so obvious. This is not a stupid question. Oh, come on. Everybody's thinking it's a never. about it. Everybody, oh, look, I'm not saying I disagree with the results of the poll. Yeah. But the question is a good question. <laughs> okay. All right. I think the Durant one will be a lot closer. Okay. I do, too. Yeah. I do, too. I haven't voted in it yet. Oh, you want me to check I will. Uh, and out of the options, after his injury, what is Kevin Durant's best free agent option this summer? It's either sign that player option deal he's got with Golden State for more than $30 million, sign the Supermax deal with the Warriors, mm-hmm. which would be five years, 264, something like that. Or go to New York, which is where he's been rumored to go for months, and he's got two options there, as do you, the Knicks and the Nets. Go vote on that, at Honorado Bagnardi. Vote in the poll. We'll update it this time next week. All right. I'm going to hit Nets on the poll. i got to right. to uh, 
to see the results, I have to vote. So right now, the Knicks lead with 38% of the vote. Okay. The Nets are at 24, Supermax with the Warriors 23, and sign the player option 15%. Okay, so this might be close. And the uh, look, uh, the the first one I would throw out is the is the player option deal as well because I think he's going to get these max offers. Do you really not say yes to one of those? You you don't have time this year to prove you're healthy. So you could sit on the side on and collect the 31 mil. That's cool. Yeah. But what is after that? Are you getting a super max deal again after that. I'm not so sure. Okay, now can I go on vacation? Now we're done. Now I'm going on vacation. I'm off next. Where week. are you headed? I'm going to Nashville. Okay. Some family in the area, some family making the trip as well. And you've been there. Been there. Yeah, been there a few times, handful of times. And yeah. you are you are kind of a country music guy? I am. You are. Yeah, yeah I really am. Yep. And so you will we'll enjoy it. that whole scene, <clears throat> even if you aren't, I'm not like working for the travel bureau here, even for a non country music fan. Nashville is a great city. You would definitely recommend, obviously, because you've been there and yeah. you're going back. Yeah, it's okay. fun. All right. It's a good time. Did you see the NFL draft? Yeah. Holy. Wild. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, good. Have a good time. Thank you, man. Thank you. I think Shawnee will still be with you here next week. Don't, like, fold up shop while I'm gone, turn out the lights, and just bounce. Could you Skype in? Yeah, I could Skype in. <laughs> Wednesday at 12.15. Uh, sure. Can we Skype in? Yeah. All right. Okay, good. Let's do that. <clears throat> All right. I'll Skype in from Nashville. Yeah, I like it. Okay. Might be at a bar. All right. Even better. Yeah, perfect. Thanks for hanging out, everybody, on Honorado and Bagnardi. We'll see you next week. I'll see you from Nashville. We'll see you next time.